My name is William Menard, and this is The American Immigrant, the podcast about immigration in America. My guest today is Patrick Jean-Jerome. He's a detective for the Mount Vernon Police Department in upstate New York. While Patrick was born in New York and therefore a U.S. citizen, he grew up in Haiti and later returned to America speaking no English and was in many ways an immigrant. Patrick, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. What age were you when you finally came back to the U.S.? I was about eight or nine years old when we came back to stay with our mom. What was that like? Did you feel completely out of place here? Yes. You know, we came, uh, it was winter time uh, when we first came to stay permanently. I've never seen the snow before. I didn't know what it was like to be cold. And uh, it was a heck of an experience. What was school like? Um, how how were you able to get along? I mean, what was it like trying to? Because you lived in in did you live in New York City or upstate or where? where yeah, were when we moved here, we lived upstate in Mount Vernon. Going to school was a hard adjustment. I didn't speak the language. We had to have a ESL uh, teacher to help us with that, English as a second language teacher, to help us learn how to speak the language. Though we were born here, a lot of the students did not know that. So pretty much it was like foreigners go back home, you don't belong here. So it, it was it was hard. And my brothers and I ended up getting into fights uh, quite frequently. And so let's let's fast forward a, you know, a few years here. Um, uh, what led you into law enforcement? Actually, I got into law enforcement by uh, accident. My uh, the company I was working for, a publishing company, who was moving to Virginia, I was uh, letting go at the time, and my brother was graduating from the fire academy, and I felt like, wow, that's an uh, occupation where they're not going to go anywhere and you have job security. So I took the policeman test and the fire test, fire department test for the city of Mount Vernon, passed both of them, and the police department happened to call me first. So that's how I got into law enforcement. Okay, so you, you ended up becoming a, a police officer in, in 1998, right? Correct. Okay. In, in 1997, just a year before, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, several members of the NYPD brutalized a man named Abra Luima in Brooklyn. Uh, officers sexually abused him and then beat him almost to death. Um, and Mr. Luima was also a Haitian immigrant. This was really big news in, in the New York area at the time. So, Patrick, as both, uh, you know, someone aspiring at least to become a police officer and also as a Haitian immigrant, how did that incident make you feel? Uh, it really hit home. I, I remember uh, reading the article and thinking, like, wow, you know, how could they do this to someone? And the fact that it was he was Haitian even made it more personal, you know, that maybe, you know, if he was a born American, you know, it wouldn't have happened to him. How could they treat someone just because of their nationality or where they're from and the way that they did. So it really hit home and made it personal. Did it have any deterrent 
effect on you? Did it make you not want to become a police officer, or did it make you not respect the police in any way? No, if anything, like, uh, it made me want to be a police officer even more because I I believe the only way you're going to change uh, the system is to be part of the system, to be able to change it from within. So, um, and, and I also realize, you know, not all police officers are bad. You know, like any other occupations, you have some good ones and some bad ones. It didn't deter me. And kind of now that you are a police officer, um, on a day-to-day basis, uh, what is your, at least when you were working a beat, um, what was your day-to-day um, interaction with immigrant communities? How did, how did you as an officer interact, interact with immigrants? Well, I'm trying to keep in mind that when you come in contact with an, with an immigrant, um, you have to try to make them feel at ease because a lot of immigrants, based on uh, what country they come from, their interaction with police officers are always the greatest one. So I keep that in mind, having immigrants, uh, parents, to, to make them feel comfortable and let them know I'm not there to report them to immigration or deport them that I'm there to resolve whatever problem they have. Were you, as a uh, as a child or teenager or anything, before you were a police officer, were did you have any um, kind of bad experiences with the police? Yes, yes. Uh, yes, I did. I remember one night I was on a payphone talking to a friend of mine. And Back when they had payphones, right? Yes. <laughs> we don't have those anymore. <laughs> that tells you how long ago it was, right? right. And, but it had a lasting effect on me because I remember talking on the phone and two officers came up to me and asked me to hang up the phone. And I was asking, why do I have to hang up the phone? At which point they got very you know, confrontational and ordered me to hang up the phone and once I did they were like well you fit the description and I'm like okay what description do I fit and they couldn't answer that you know and then eventually they were like oh okay you're good to go with no explanation ever given or anything like that at all so you know that that left a very bad bad impression with me so Again, um, I'm one that believes that the only way you're going to change the system is to be part of the system. Were, were both the officers white? Uh, it was one white officer and one black officer. Did the, did the white officer treat you any differently than the black one did? No. So you saw them mainly or almost exclusively as police officers. Correct. That is correct. I saw them pretty much as like two police officers who, you know, for whatever reason, you know, acted the way they did, you know, and in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, you know, I understand why people fear police officers. I understand why people react the way they do to police officers you know, when they see them. Have you seen that um, 
on the job now that you are a police officer? Have you seen other officers kind of treat somebody that way? Yeah, I mean, you do see that because, like, uh, unfortunately, not a lot of officers uh, understand that you have to treat everyone with respect. You, you, you have to treat people the way you would want to be treated, regardless of the uh, situation that you're in, because we held to a higher standard. So uh, I have seen that. I have uh, approached those officers and spoken to them after you know the incident is resolved that you know they should be more mindful of uh how they deal with people in the community um so when you uh do end up uh getting a call let's say for someone in in your uh in your community who isn't a citizen um for instance in mount vernon there is a there are large um both hispanic and um brazilian communities along with with the haitian community as well but and let's say there's a language barrier or a, or a culture barrier uh, how do you respond to that uh fortunately our department is a uh, pretty well diverse so we have a a few officers that speak Portuguese, which is, I think, I believe that's what you speak in uh, Brazil. Uh, we have a few Spanish-speaking officers. And if, if, if it comes a time when not, where neither one of them are available, there's a language line that you can call. And there's some, always someone there 24-7 that's able to translate and, uh, you know, make, make it easier to communicate with the other person. And and in terms of uh, immigration specifically, I, I would assume that um, at least some people, when you uh, come to their home, um, believe that they're uh, that you are, you know, immigration officials, or um, that you're there to arrest them because of their status or something like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? What do you tell them that you're not uh, that you're not immigration? How does that work? Well, our priority is when we go on a call is uh, trying to resolve whatever the situation is. That's that's our priority. Uh, we do not ask, you know, regardless of the language that the person speaks, we do not ask if they're uh, if they're here legally or illegally. That is not our concern. Our concern is to resolve the problem. Our concern is to make sure everybody's okay. Now, uh, if, they're at, if they ask if we're immigration or if we're here to uh, deport them, we assure them that that is not the case. That we are not there to deport anybody. We are not there to report anybody to immigration. Our main concern and priority is to resolve whatever the situation is. If you end up having to actually arrest someone, um, you know, for whatever reason, and you and you bring them back to to the police station, do you notify uh, immigration in 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 the instance that that let's say they are here without any kind of documentation? Are you the ones that notify immigration? How does that work? No, we don't. Uh, we do not notify immigration. Uh, the the court system or the 
correctional uh, uh, system notify immigration. Uh, we have nothing to do with notifying immigration. There are many um, news reports, and people may know this from from reading the news or watching the news on TV, that there we've heard about what are called sanctuary cities or um, immigration detainers where the police will call local police departments to hold someone who's been arrested, and then the police department makes a choice as to whether they want to hold or not hold uh, those people. Do you have any um, um, interaction with that? Have you dealt with that? Let's say immigration calls the police department and say, hey, you know, uh, either we have a warrant for this guy, you know, if you arrest them, hold them for us, we'll come and pick them up. Or if they're already in the system, let's say they were arrested and uh, they're doing court. And once their court case is over, a lot of times instead of letting them go, uh, immigration will call us and say, can you hold that person? We'll come and pick them up. And usually they have about 72 hours where we can legally hold a person for uh, another jurisdiction. So as far as going out, immigration calling us, and say, hey, this guy is illegal, go look for him. Uh, we have never done that. As far as, uh, you know, people calling us, hey, this guy is illegal. You know, uh, he's not here legally. Can you go arrest him? We do not do that. We will tell whoever the caller is to call immigration and inform them of, of such. But as a police department, we, we do not go out and look for uh, illegal immigrants. All right. Do you, you talked a little bit earlier about how um, you were racially profiled when you were younger. Do you think that goes on, that type of racial profiling that we see so much about in the news of, of black Americans, do you think that goes on to, to at least some extent of immigrants? Absolutely. I, I, I definitely believe that. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, sometimes society has this notion that if you from somewhere, uh, you live in a certain area or neighborhood, this is how you are. And it's something that, you know, officers across the country have to learn to, uh, to not judge someone because of where they're from, where they live, you know, how they're dressed, you know. So once once we start getting away from that, you know, we'll be the better for it. How do you think that will happen? Education and training. Education and training, I think, is, is a good way to start, you know. And understanding that just because, you know, someone tells you, hey, this is how this person is. Not everybody's the same, you know. Uh, and, and to treat people, to learn how to treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, if we go out there and we treat people the way we want to be treated, I believe a lot of that will change. Can you tell me something, a program or what something like you were talking about in terms of education, can you point to something in your department that that would be serve as an example of that? Have you 
had that type of culture or um, that that type of training or education? Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, what we're doing right now is uh, in the process of implementing the 21st century policing, which was uh, uh, commissioned by uh, President Obama. So it, it, it puts the officers and the communities, it, it, it uh, gets the officers to interact with the community, the school in the community, where you, you're, instead of driving around and get out of the car, you actually uh, approach the people in the community, get to know them, they get to know you. Uh, you also go to the churches and get to meet the pastors, the reverends, you know, so you start interacting with the community instead of just like the only time you talk to them is if there's a, a, a situation that happens. So, you know, uh, 21st century is pretty, uh, is one of the things that uh, we're working on. And the other thing we're working on is something called uh, Stop and Shape, which is where, like, you know, we encourage the public and officers to just walk up to someone and shake their hand and introduce themselves to that person. You know, so again, so that way, when something happens in that community, you're not a stranger coming in and imposing yourself on the people. It's like, hey, I know this cop. You know, I, I, I talk to him all the time. And the, the community gets to know you, you know, on a first name basis instead of just seeing a face there that just comes and goes. You know, so those are the uh, two other things that, you know, we're working on implementing in, uh, in the police department. Yeah, and that, 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 that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, it, does, it does seem that m- um, one thing that often unites um, immigrant communities or where they all go does seem to be uh, the church. And so if, 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 it's, if it's an organized plan, it's if, it, if it's a real target and aim of the police department to go into these types of churches, um, it seems like that might be a great way to reach the immigrant community. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and not only the church, like when they have events, you know, uh, depending on, uh, you know, if it's a, a Brazilian day, you know, uh, Hispanic day, West Indian day, you know, we, we attend these events. We talk to the people. As a matter of fact, one of the things we recently did was having a national night out. So we went to uh, the neighborhoods, you know, we set up a, a tent, uh, information for the public. We, we cook food, hot dog, pizza, hamburgers, you know, and, and serve the community, you know, so that way we get to know them a more of a personal level than just a like professional level. We're the police department, we coming in here and we doing this, you know, so we, we want to get as intimate with the public as possible. So that way, you know, we can kind of get rid of the stereotype and the stigma that, you know, the community has with the police department. If you're an immigrant uh, in your town, um, in Mount Vernon, what, if you could say something to them, uh, like let's say they're, they're someone in that community who um, is undocumented but um, does have a real police uh, issue, like there is an emergency or 
they are uh, the victim of a crime, um, what would you want to say to them? First and foremost is, is to contact the police department. You know, you're the victim of a crime. And, and if you're the victim of a crime, you know, we not get to deport you. Our main concern is for your well-being and your safety. So uh, we are not immigration. We do not report people to immigration. You know, our priority is the safety and well-being of the person, you know, who, who is a victim. Okay. Um, you know, as we, as we get um, kind of to the end here, um, is there anything um, that you would have done uh, differently in your law enforcement career? You know, I know a lot of people say, you know what, I took the job to help people, but I really mean that. You know, it's the greatest satisfaction, you know, having someone, you know, say to you, you made a difference in my life, you helped me, you know, whatever the situation may, may have been. So that's, that gets me going every day, knowing that, you know, when I go out there, there's a possibility that I may be able to change somebody's life for the better you know, all families' lives for the better. So um, I wouldn't change anything different. Um, all right, Patrick, I want to thank you for coming on my show today. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my life experience with you and your listeners. Thank you. Uh, my name is William Menard, and this is The American Immigrant.